Hi, this is Areej Noor, and this is the podcast of Triple R's The Wrap, a weekly radio show weaving conversations about culture, politics, literature, art and music into a weekly mix. Broadcast live on Triple R from Kulin Nations land in Melbourne, Australia, every Wednesday. Hope you enjoy the podcast, and if you have any questions or feedback, feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website. Matt Kunkel is the director of the Migrant Workers Centre, which is an organisation that seeks to address exploitation of migrant workers in Australia. Matt, thanks for taking the time to join me today. Not at all. Thanks for having me. Are you guys really busy at the moment? Is this a time of major influx of work for you? Yeah, absolutely. So over the last week, we've been um, really inundated with calls. We've had more than, well, almost 2,000 new cases come in since the shutdown of the hospitality industry. Obviously, migrant workers are quite a large part of our economy and they're clustered quite heavily in areas of the economy that are being shut down, so hospitality and other service sectors in particular. So, yeah, it's been a, mm. it's been a very, very busy time. Just for a bit of context, what are the figures when it comes to migrant workers in Australia? How many people are working? Is there percentage? Are there numbers? Yeah, so it's safe to say um, that there are about... The workforce in Australia is made up of about 10% of people who are on temporary visas, which is people who are on a visa doesn't provide them a permanent stay. Um, Some of these temporary visas have been here, or some of these temporary migrant workers have been here 10, 15 years, but have never been able to get a permanent type of visa. So the 10% of our workforce not only have, in many cases, insecure jobs, but also insecure residency. And there's about 1.7 million people of those, uh, 1.7 million temporary migrants in the country. Um, The largest group of those is uh, New Zealanders on a special visa, which is about... 670, 700,000 people. Yeah. And so who classifies as a migrant worker? So we've got these temporary visas, but what um, communities of people are classified in that? Are international students classified in that? Um, yeah. We, we, I mean, we consider anyone who's come from somewhere else to Australia as a migrant. Um, I think that's a pretty easy and broad definition of it. But Inside that 1.7 million people, you've got international students who do have work rights, and um, over time, the international student visa has become a de facto work visa. Like people need to work to survive, and they need to work to pay off their tuition fees. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also includes working holiday makers, although they're a very small part of that. Um, about four, you know, 150,000 holiday makers, many of whom, I guess, that. Probably less and less as this crisis goes on, mm. um, but there are huge numbers um, of student visas and international student visas who have been here. Many of those visa holders have been here for many, many years and are on their second or third student visa, um, trying to find a way to a permanent residency, but are denied that by the merry-go-round of the visa system that we have. Yeah. So, and I guess the reason the other thing that is kind of important about this is that. Now we go through this process with the wage subsidy that's been announced by the government. Um, All of these people are without any type of support. They have no access to Centrelink. They have no access to Job Seeker Allowance. And they have no access at the moment to this Job Keeper Allowance, which has just been announced. And that is a deliberate decision by this government to split the working class of Australia um, based on the fact that this system that they've delivered or the system that they propose to deliver these $1,500 payments to workers 
is through the tax office. And all of these temporary migrant workers who are in jobs are paying tax just like everybody else in the country. And they could be allowed and they could be and should be provided the same types of support from this government during this COVID-19 crisis. And so, for instance, if a migrant worker loses their job um, and you've received, you said, upwards of 2,000 phone calls of people who mm-hmm. are in some sort of distress or some sort of situation, what happens? Mm-hmm. They've lost their job. They can't afford to pay rent. Um, they probably can't go back home. What then happens in that situation? Well, I mean, in the instance of many people from India as well, which has shut its borders, yeah. and there are a lot of international students from India, well, they can't go home. They get no support from the government. They can't get access to a healthcare system. Um, this government is leaving them to starve. It's putting them at, like, basically this government is making a decision to put 1.1 million people at the threat of debt, disease and death, really. Um, the, there's nothing else for them to do. There's no support um, for temporary migrant workers. And in the middle of a massive public health crisis, I just don't see why the government would create a new underclass of homeless destitute migrant workers who have nowhere to go and no help um, from them. So what about this special benefit the government has announced? Will that be useful? What, what is it? The special benefit's a one-off payment of $550, and I'm sure all of your listeners, whether no matter where they're from, would understand that mm. that would be great to get. But I think the government's been a little bit misleading in using weasel words about this. They're saying some temporary migrant workers may get access to the special benefits. So um, there's no real assistance for the vast bulk of these 1.1 million, uh, 1.1 million people um, who are under um, threat of, you know, being homeless or yeah. not having a job, not being able to put, a, put food on their table. The other thing is that a lot of these people, as I said, have been here for eight, nine, ten years They've got kids who were born in Australia, but because of our visa system, aren't considered Australian citizens. So, you know, all these people are saying, why don't we just go home? Well, there are kids out there who know nothing but this country. These temporary migrants are part of our community. They are, like, providing... They pay into a social safety net that they never have access to under normal circumstances. And now as we're all in this together, we need to make sure that no worker's left behind because... They've been putting in, and under these extraordinary circumstances, the government needs to live up to its obligations to support absolutely every worker in this country. Mm. And it's just an interesting way that our um, migration systems and our visa systems and these kind of confusing um, processes are being are coming to light, right? If there are people who've been here for 15 years and have children here, it's quite interesting that in 2020... Um, they don't have access to this, but also they don't have access to permanent residence. Oh, absolutely. I mean, our visa system is... I mean, I say it's broken, but many in the government would say it's working exactly the way it is, Mm. which is to keep migrant workers, um, you know, insecure in their employment, um, unlikely to speak up against bosses that do the wrong thing, but also... Um, completely locked out of our democratic institutions. Can you imagine what the what our politics would look like if all of a sudden 1.1 million people, many of whom would want um, to be part of this and are wanting to be part of this country on a permanent basis, actually had a say in our democracy? I think um, I think our policies and I think this country would look very different, and I think it would look a lot better, to be honest. So what about in terms of medical support? If someone gets sick, if someone, um, you know, gets COVID-19, coronavirus, what then happens? Do they have support in that setting? Well, that's, 
that's for most people in Australia almost nothing because as these temporary migrant workers are losing their jobs, they're also losing their ability to pay for their private health insurance. And without access to bulk billing healthcare, um, what are they left to do? Um, the only silver lining, I guess, is that the Daniel Andrews Labor government in Victoria has extended bulk billing to all people in Victoria. So temporary migrant workers, permanent residents, anyone who can't afford um, their private health insurance anymore has the ability to go to hospital, to go to a GP mm-hmm. uh, and, and get that bulk billed access to Medicare. So the state system is going to pick up the tab. Um, so anyone, any temporary migrant workers out there who are close to the line and and struggling should know that if they do get sick, they should present um, to a hospital so that they can get the health care that they need. And that's in Victoria? That's just in Victoria at this stage. Um, but that's one of the things that we've been demanding of the federal government is that they expand Medicare to everybody because, as we said, we're all in this together. We need everybody to stay healthy. We need everyone to make considered and, um, uh, and smart health choices. Um, and we need to make sure that we don't leave any worker behind during this crisis. Okay, so for those listening who are um, as shocked and frankly devastated as I am by this conversation, what can we do? What can be done? How can we support these communities? Well, this, as I said, the system that the government set up to deliver these wage subsidies um, can be extended to include all temporary migrant workers. Um, so we need to continue to pressure the government to do that. We know that they haven't finalised everything. We know that I's are still being dotted and T's being crossed, and it seems a little bit hackneyed sometimes, but really if you're out there and you're in a situation where you're looking a lot better than a lot of these people who have got no support, then the easiest thing you can do is pick up the phone, call your local member of parliament, mm-hmm. call, your, call a senator, uh, a Liberal senator from um, the state and just tell them that you want to make sure that we have a wage subsidy for all um, because we can't leave any worker behind. Matt Kunkel, thank you so much for joining me and giving us all of this information and all the best with all of the work that you and your crew at the Migrant Workers Centre is doing. Thanks very much. Anytime. Alice Skye is a Wagayam Wamba Wamba woman, a singer-songwriter and a truly gorgeous human whom I adore. My sis, it's so nice to have you here on the phone. So nice to be here with you. On uh, the phone. On the phone. I mean, not in person. And I'm, not in person. I had Ms. Risk on the phone last week and um, we were talking about how our chat on air is our big catch-up for the year and I feel like it's probably the same thing for you and I at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> how are you? How's it going? I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. How are you going? I'm going okay. It's a little bit strange, but it's really nice to be here. How are you coping with all of this isolation, social distancing stuff? What are you getting up to? Um, it's strange. I don't know. I guess because I work from home already, it feels sort of normal. But my household is full <laughs> and my housemates are also working from home. So It kind of feels a little bit more social, but also not at all. I don't know. It's really strange. And you've done a few really fun, interesting things to kind of get you through. You did jump on Instagram Live the other day. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, the first time I've ever used that feature on Instagram. Um, It was nice. Um, Being a part of Isolate Festival, I was sort of, really nervous and I was like no one will click on 
like me going live, but there were so many people and you can see the number in the corner and they're all leaving cute comments and like talking to their friends. It kind of was really nice, um, but somehow still really nerve-wracking even though I'm just sat in my room with my phone. It's kind of like radio, my friend. You know that people are out there <laughs> listening and sometimes you have some gorgeous friends who send you a text message and remind you that people are listening. Um, yeah. So it's a bit, it's a bit nerve wracking. I totally, I totally yeah, feel you. I was so, so nervous. I was out at my family's farm, um, and my sister was just like helping me do the sound check with my phone, get a setup that looked nice. Um, yeah, it's nice that people are making those things happen, but it's still, yeah, it doesn't feel natural to me at all. Yeah. No, I mean, you might get used to it in the next couple of weeks and hopefully you don't get used to it and things go back to normal as soon as possible. What were you up to pre the global pandemic? What were you, what was happening over the new year, the end of last year and early this year? What were you up to music wise and life wise? Yeah, pre corona. Um, Yes, life is pre and post corona from now on. From now on, yeah. Um, yeah, we well, we've just sort of been, you know, working on this second album release and focusing a lot of energy on that. Um, we were in the States in January, um, playing at the Folk Alliance in New Orleans, which is amazing, um, and got us opportunities to go back to the States and to Canada again later in the year, but, I, yeah, we just don't know if those plans are still in place. Mm. Um so I don't know, yeah, we were working on a lot of the stuff that we can still continue to work on for the album, which is great that we have that, but it's just about finding new ways and different ways of going about that release, I guess, because it's not the same, it doesn't feel the same now. Yeah. And just having to bring out an album into a world that is different than you know, maybe how we were going about things before is interesting. Yeah. It's really interesting because, of course, everyone's in the same position, right? So a lot of people are releasing stuff and there's been quite Mm -hmm. a few releases in the last fortnight, I would say, or the last three or so weeks from local artists and artists from overseas. Um, And it's really interesting how people are responding to that and how, you know, artists are expecting to, you know, make a living out of that if they can't perform live and and all Mm. of that. But also it's so comforting to know that our artists are making music and we are getting that and we can buy it and support them in this really tiny way despite being so far away and not being able to see it live for a little while. Yeah, it does feel like people are really keen to support people right now. I was really surprised that people are purchasing my album on Bandcamp and it's mm. it's not a new album or like I don't have any material so I wasn't expecting anything like that and it's really nice to know people are wanting to keep us I don't know financially supported <laughs> yeah. as well as you yeah. know wanting to listen to the music um yeah it's it's nice to see what some people are making happen for sure yeah 
So you've sent me um, the cutest little playlist in the world and I want to start playing a couple of those tracks and I love so much that you messaged me this morning like, hey, I've just changed the playlist a little bit um, and I love it. And we're going to play every single song. We've got six tracks that we're going to play in the next little while. So I'm going to keep you on the line for a minute. Um, The first one is Empire by Ziggy Ramo. You've got a song with him, haven't you? That one that was released as part of the NADOC Week um, yeah. compilation um, album. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I think Ziggy is great and this song is great. Okay, well, you've heard it here first. Well, you haven't heard it here first because we've actually played this on the show before, but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> by Ziggy Ramo, a pick by Alice Sky, and I'm going to play a couple others after it. Alice, thanks yes. for the choices. <laughs> oh, so glad you laughed. <laughs> They're amazing. They're oh, some incredible, cute. yeah, incredible tracks from some pretty special artists. Hey, so you got a haircut. How did that come about? How are we feeling about it? Oh, look, not great, but that's kind of fun. It's not the first time I've been here. Probably, unfortunately, won't be the last. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was either dyeing it or cutting it, and cutting it seems like somehow safer. I think it is safer, though, right? Yeah, it'll grow. It'll grow, and you're not touching all of it. Yeah, I don't know. I it's a, it's something that I look to as something to do when I'm stressed too many times. I'm not sure what that's about, but I know it's a thing. It looks really but, cute. I know that you were sending out warning messages about like <laughs> I don't know if there's something that you need to be doing, but it looks very cute. You with a little bob and a little fringe is very very cute. I have this thing where I've watched this guy on Facebook. Like I've just spent this last couple of weeks, I spend a bit more time on Facebook and less time on Instagram because I think Instagram's just causing me a little bit of stress and Facebook is a little bit daggier and yeah. I feel like that's my people a little bit more these days and I don't know if yeah, that makes that. I'm getting yeah, older. I love it. I'm- I think so too. I just the uh, the temporarily disabled my Instagram. I know. I had to message you on Facebook. Are you okay? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah, things are getting pretty nuts, but I just was like feeling unsure because I was like, I guess my shows are on Instagram now, but I also don't want to be spending time. Yeah. I really reckon for me and maybe a lot of other people during this time where a lot more things are online, finding that balance is going to be super key for my brain. Yeah. It's overwhelming. Like I think that, I mean, I teach online and so I did these Zoom Mm. like lecture, seminar, tutorial things yesterday and the day Mm. before with like all of these students kind of staring back at you. Some of them don't have their screen on, so you're just looking at like a letter. And which is, which is fine. I respect it. Like, you know, whatever. If they like it, I love it as long as they're there. Um, and so it's a lot of connection and it's a lot of talking and a lot of engagement and stuff. Um, but it's also just a lot of time spent in front of a laptop or in front of your phone. And you, yeah. it's great because you can connect with people and you can do your job. But it's also like there's no relief. And so yeah. I'm on the same page. Yeah, it feels hard to monitor like your own time in your own space really feel sort of like tapping in online all the time I don't know 
It's definitely something I'm pretty conscious of and was beforehand, but, yeah, trying to figure out how to use it for the good things and also know when not to be on there or something. I don't know. No, I I feel you. It's complicated and it's confusing. I was watching the news the other day and they were talking about, like, children and screens and, you know, some screen Mm -hmm. time is not the same as other screen time. So, you know, I don't know, whatever. If you're watching... YouTube videos, it's not useful, but if they're FaceTiming their friends, then it's useful, or if they're playing educational games, then it's useful. And I just feel like it's all very stressful. So I I don't know how I feel about it. And also nothing at all. It's It's a lot, but it's nothing. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So you're working on this second album. Mm. How's it going? Oh, it's pretty much finished, I think. I don't know. It's hard for me to ever feel like songs are finished. Um, I feel like I could probably work on them forever and ever if I was allowed to. Um, But, yeah, it should maybe be out in July, which is not very far away. So I'm excited to have new things out, especially during this time. Um, And it's been such an incredible process um reporting it as well with my like, beautiful friends that I've known since prep mm. and Jen Kloa and Nick Huggins our engineer it was just a really good group of people I feel really grateful it's very exciting to be getting some new 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 from you Alice mm-hmm. um we did get something a little bit earlier, a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, a bit of a taster. Was that a single or something from the album? Yeah, it was. But um, we actually recorded that separately to the album, which seems kind of, yeah, it was, I can't remember why that was a thing that we had to do, but it was a thing that we had to do. So mm. um, it does feel a part of the album and it is a part of the album. And it's the title track of the album. But um, I don't know, I feel like things so quickly change for me, including sound and songwriting. So there's kind of some songs that are more like that one, but then also songs on there that I feel are really new and or new for me. Mm. Yeah. Are you still making your cover art? Are we still making the art? Are you still making the are you still drawing um, your cover art? Yeah. No. 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 Um, the amazing um, sis Arisa Brown painted us amazing. a beautiful painting that we're using segments of, and then we'll release the entire image with the album. It's yeah, very beautiful. Very exciting. So I'm going to play. I feel better, but I don't feel good. And then I'm going to play a couple more of the tracks from your little playlist and then the last track you said is just really fun and I haven't yet listened to it so we might end on that one so I'm going to play these a couple more and then we'll come back if I can keep you on the line amazing not going anywhere (laughs) Alice what a selection I've never played or heard of anything by this crew before yeah I hadn't either until Recently, like I said, we were in New Orleans in January um, and um, as part of the Folk Alliance, they have an Indigenous Music Summit, um, which was amazing and so many Indigenous people from um, all over the world and um, 
someone that is First Nations from Canada introduced me to this band, who are also First Nations um, people from Canada, um, I think from Cree Nation um, mm. in Alberta. And I just loved it. I love, I guess, because I love, like, shoegaze indie music. <laughs> it's awesome to see, like, an Indigenous uh, band making stuff kind of like that because it's what I like listening to as well. Um, yeah, I think they're great. I think the whole album is great. Yeah, I'm going to go and listen to it all today, actually. Mm-hmm. Um Alice, I, it's so hilarious because we've had this conversation on air a few times about, you know, making sad songs and, and what it means to make sad songs and perform sad songs. And I've been listening to your discography <laughs> um, quite a lot in the last three weeks, more than usual, and it's so comforting. Like, I can't tell you how comforting comforting it is to sit there and sing like 60% and be like yeah you know what man it really just it just really be feeling that way these days and so it's so nice to hear your voice and listen to what you've been making it's very 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 good isolation music it's nice to sit there and listen to your voice oh I love that thank you Anytime. Hey, it's been so nice to chat and have a little on-air catch-up and play some yeah. of your favourite songs. There's one more that you popped at the bottom of the beautiful playlist, which I called Alice on the Rona Rap. Um, <laughs> and it is it like a Bollywood song? I think it's from a movie. Yeah. Um, I don't remember how... The Spotify algorithm. Like, I was going to ask. I don't want to. I don't want to be making assumptions. But how did you find this song? <laughs> yeah, this yeah, and the Spotify algorithm thankfully led me here. Um, but I just think it's beautiful, and it makes it's been making me feel just really nice when I listen to it. And I looked up the lyrics to see if I could get a translation, and I just thought they were beautiful too. And I think one of the lines is like, tomorrow is just a dream. Why should I believe in it? <laughs> and I guess I've just been deep in my feelings and like feeling like every day is kind of the same one at the moment. Um, and I feel like they're, I don't know, or I can't tell the difference between yeah. yesterday and like three days ago. And like, the weekend means absolutely nothing now. Like, yeah. it's Saturday yeah. night, like Friday night. Nothing. <laughs> But also nothing is everything. I don't know. Exactly. I think this song is really joyful. And then when I read the lyrics, they were kind of like moody. And I like the idea of moody lyrics and happy sounding songs. So I think it's a nice one. We love that. Alice, it has been so much fun chatting with you. I will see you on the other side of it and we can hang out. And I know that Kate (laughs) is in there somewhere in the background. So big love to you too, Kate. Miss you both. Oh, love you both. We send it right back. Miss you too. And Great we'll, to talk to you. Of course. And um, we'll see you on the other side. I want to give a big thanks to all of my guests this morning. Big thanks to Matt Kunkel, who's the director of the Migrant Worker Centre, which is an organisation that seeks to address exploitation of migrant workers in Australia. We spoke about what it means for migrant workers on temporary visas who uh, have are losing jobs currently in our climate 
uh, and essentially it means that they're not receiving the support that Australian citizens um, and permanent residents are receiving. So it's really important for us to get behind them and jump on the Migrant Workers Centre's socials and their website to see what campaigns they have going on. And most importantly, Matt Kunkel uh, mentioned that we should ring our local MPs, particularly um, our Liberal Party MPs, any of whom might be in uh, federal government at the moment or whatever they are doing all the way over there trying to sort this situation out um, and call their offices and let them know that we believe that people, all people in Australia deserve um, some support in this in these times. Big thanks also to Alice Skye, who is a gorgeous work guy and Wamba Wamba woman and a singer-songwriter and a fabulous human. She sent me through a little playlist of tracks and we had a nice little chat. So big shout out to Alice. You can jump online, you can buy her music, you can listen to her on all um, platforms and you can support her music. She's got some stuff coming out in the next few months and an album hopefully um, at, in July or so. And also the gorgeous Jay Water. Shout out to you. Thank you for sending me that beautiful mix. I'm going to keep it in my pocket and listen to it um, in the next few weeks. See you later. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Triple R's The Wrap, a weekly radio show weaving conversations about culture, politics, literature, art and music into a weekly mix broadcast live on Triple R from Kulin Nations land in Melbourne, Australia, every Wednesday. Hope you enjoyed the podcast and if you have any questions or feedback, please feel free to get in touch via the Triple R website.